0: Hey everyone, welcome to Not Your Mama's Drama. This is Tanika and I'm with my friend Marianne. Hi Marianne.
1: Hi everyone. How are you today, Tanika?
0: I'm doing well. So how are you?
1: I'm great. I'm great. What do you want to talk about today? What's your drama? What's going on in your life?
0: So my drama today is imposter syndrome. Do you know what that is? Have you ever heard of that?
1: I have. I have heard of it. And I think that it mostly happens to women, right? I think it could happen to both genders, but mostly women. And it's about feeling like maybe you're not deserving of a role, of a job you got.
0: Yeah. So it can happen to men and women. Um, And let me give you a quick definition. Imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud it disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments and many of those folks question whether they are deserving of any accolades at all
1: oh that was that's a good definition the words fraud stick out to me and i thought it was very interesting that mostly people that are high achieving experience it so like you have that i guess because you're a high achiever, you're always like questioning yourself, right? And maybe reaching for more. But then when you reach for it, you're like, should I be here? That's interesting.
0: It is. And so what was very interesting to me is I wanted to talk about this because I know that I kind of suffer from this imposter syndrome. But then when I read the definition, it said of high achieving people. I'm like, well, am I really a high achieving person? So I feel like an imposter of imposter syndrome. I got it bad.
1: No, you're not an imposter of an imposter syndrome, and you're definitely a high-achieving person. I feel like, um, you know, I read a lot of articles, like Business Insider and stuff like that, and it says, like, very successful people have, like, four jobs, and I feel like we're there. Like, we have so many jobs that it's like, what are we focusing on now? What do we need to do now? And so I think, yes, we are high-achieving women for sure.
0: I think so. Have you ever felt this imposter syndrome? You ever felt like you didn't belong?
1: I have. I have felt imposter syndrome or getting, you know, like a position and kind of feeling like do I belong here? Can I do this? And and questioning myself for a little bit. Um kind of feeling like you're going to be found out, like oh my god, someone's going to discover that I don't belong here and they're going to they're going to take me out. Um which is really sad because we have so many challenges as women and then as women of color to get Mm -hmm. to the place where we're at. And then for us to question ourselves and not necessarily, you know, walk in there with, with confidence. Um, it's like a disservice, right? We're doing a disservice to
0: ourselves. 100%.
1: And so
0: my experience, uh, I think when I really felt it the most was I took off seven years to raise my kids, uh, about eight years, well, 15 years ago when my 15 year old was born. So as a mom of one, I could handle that. But as a mom of two, I was like, oh God, I I can't, (laughs) I can't do it all. So my priority shifted and I said, I'm just going to stay home with the kids while I, while my husband worked. So I stayed home with the kids for seven years. In that time, I had another kid, but I felt like I could get back into the workforce. So when I got back in, this was eight years ago at this point. Um, as I was interviewing for jobs, I just felt like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they're going to find out. If I get a job, they're going to find out that I have no idea and I haven't done this for seven years. And, you know, I'm a complete and total fraud, but I'm not, <laughs> you know, I my I belonged at the table. I, there was a seat there at the table. And I got a job and, you know, I've been working there now for eight years. I'm doing really well, I think. And yet I still allow that doubt to come in from time to time. So I wanted to see who feels like this. And you're right. Earlier, you said women experience it more than men do, but men do experience it. And you've um, also women of color experience it at a higher rate than women who are not of color. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like we can all still relate to it. You've gotten to a place where you're like, "Mm, everybody here is smarter, smarter than I am. Everybody here knows what they're doing, except me,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
0: and that's not a great feeling, but I want to tell you who feels these things, what type of people. Okay. Number one, perfectionists. They set extremely high expectations for themselves. And even if they meet their goals, if they don't meet it to 100%, then they feel like they fail. So if, you, if, you, if they give themselves like a 98, they're like the 2% though. I should have done more. Yeah. <laughs> so they feel like they don't deserve to be there. Do you ever feel like that? Are I'm you a perfectionist? Not
1: really, I'm not a perfectionist. I am a like, do the best that you can and it's going to be enough. And maybe the best that I can is like, close to perfection, <laughs> you know, yeah. as compared to other people. But I, I feel like I still give myself a little bit of grace. And it's weird, because I have very high standards. But I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, okay, it's okay, you, you did it, you know, tomorrow will be a, another day. But my kids describe me as a perfectionist. And it's really interesting, because I don't really see myself as a, as a perfectionist. I'm not, I, uh, that is not
0: my, my issue. I want things to be right, Mm -hmm. but I'm more like what you said. You know, if I get almost there, Mm -hmm. then that's pretty good. Yeah. We had a good good. day.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I I think so too. My husband is, is very hard on himself and he's very much like a overachiever and, and more of a perfectionist. And, um, I feel like, you know, that that's great. And maybe, Maybe that works for you, but that's a lot of pressure and that's really hard on yourself because you did so much already, right? You, yeah. you, you can go back out tomorrow and you can try it again and you can do your best and your best is probably a lot better than a whole bunch of other people.
0: So it probably is because a lot of people are not going to put the same amount of effort mm-hmm. depending on what the task is. So, you know, if you're a perfectionist and you're listening, give yourself a little grace. Yeah. You don't have to get it 100% right 100% of the time. So the next category of people are experts. They feel like they need to know every single piece of information before they can start a project. Or they have to have every little detail covered before they they do anything it, like speaking up in a meeting. If they haven't read the entire briefing or if they haven't if they don't know every single detail then they won't speak up at all. And that, again, makes them feel like they don't belong in the room. And if, if you only knew how many people talk without knowing what they're saying.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. that what My husband always says that um, he's very annoyed because I speak with a lot of confidence. And I'm like, well, I guess I've never noticed that I speak with so much confidence. But when you're in leadership, people are looking at you for answers. Yeah. So you have to speak with confidence because at the end of the day you have you had to make a decision and you have to go with your gut that you made the best decision and people have to follow it. No one's going to follow someone that's like, well, I don't know. Let me look into it. Blah blah blah. So over the years, I guess I've just developed like, no, we're- this is what we're going to do. This is what this is where we're going to go. Yeah, um, but. I'm kind of like a researcher. So if I don't know something, I really should have been like that should have been my career just to be some type of researcher because if you give me something, I can research the heck out of it. Um so that really serves a great purpose in my professional life because when I have a question or when I have a doubt, I can go and find the answer. If I'm reading a book or something and I don't understand a word, I look for that word immediately. So I'm just I naturally want to find the answer and I'm always seeking the answer, um, but I don't, I don't shy away from speaking up. I, 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 do speak up even if I don't necessarily know everything, but I don't like to sound dumb. So if I feel, yeah. if I feel like I've got to just say something completely dumb, I'm just going to wait and see if someone else ask it, or if, if I get my question answered a different way, or maybe I'll just research it myself. Cause I know I'll find the answer.
0: That's right. And you know, with, with imposter syndrome, People will allow, you know, not having every single bit of information, keep them from speaking up, which because they don't they feel like they don't deserve to speak if they don't know every single thing about a topic. But that's kind of crazy because, you know, if you don't ask questions, how will you know every single thing (laughs) about a topic? If you don't speak up and have dialogue about something, how can you learn more?
1: Yeah. And also it makes you feel or seem less intelligent than other people because you're never speaking up, right? It makes you look less prepared. It makes you look like you really don't belong because you never want to put yourself out there and maybe say something that maybe won't be right on point, but is probably going to still be an intelligent question or an intelligent comment.
0: Right. Exactly. And will help people get to whatever the goal is, Dialogue helps people so much. I mean, if you just speak up, but again, those people that feel like they don't deserve to be there, they're going to keep quiet. And we hopefully, you know, as we talk through this, you'll feel like that you you get the, the confidence to speak up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Another person that um, suffers from imposter syndrome is a soloist. People that feel like they have to accomplish every single task on their own. And if they ask for help, they look like a failure or a fraud. I I think I've, I might've suffered from that bit (laughs) before, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels like, especially uh, so I'm a manager, right? And I feel like if I don't have all the answers or if someone comes to me and says, can we do this? Or why can't we do that? And I don't know the answer. I am going to research it. But I am gonna feel like I probably should know this, and, and maybe I am an imposter. Maybe I am a fraud. Why don't I know this?
1: Yeah. No, I feel like you can't have all of the answers when you're in leadership. But I think that the key to being a good leader is that when you don't have the answer, you follow up with the people and let them know what what the yeah. answer is. Because that's the most annoying thing: a leader that doesn't have the answers, but never tries to get back to you with the answers. <laughs> I find that very annoying. Like it's okay if you don't know, but it's your job to keep us informed. Yeah. So I think I, I agree. Think okay.
0: So the next group of folks uh, that have, that feel imposter syndrome from time to time are super men or super women. They push themselves to work harder than those around them to prove that they're not imposters. So they're trying to do all the work in a group project, they want to do everything and not let anyone else um, help because they feel like if they're not pulling their weight, then they look like they don't belong there.
1: Yeah, I think I suffer from that a little bit where I always want to make sure that I'm pulling my weight and, and um, I do volunteer to do a lot of stuff. And I also, it's not that I don't like working in teams, but sometimes people have such a different work ethic than i do and such like for example i went to a, a situation let's say where everyone was prepared and one person hadn't read what they had to do and then they're like well us can we all read it now and i'm like no <laughs> you know i mean i didn't say it someone else said it but in my mind i'm like no we can't read it now like how are you just gonna have us sit here and waste all this time because right. we can't read this you know so I, I, those situations annoy me and that's, that's bad. I shouldn't be so annoyed because it, it like makes me look like I'm not collaborative, but it's just difficult sometimes when you have, like, if you have a project, it's more difficult sometimes to do it between four and five people than to just collaborate with one person or two people. So the numbers, um, just, just makes it. Difficult, and I'm like a super efficient person. Like I really like to be very strategic and very productive. So if if there are people that are slowing me down, um, that can get a little bit difficult for me to handle. And I handle it well, and I'm very patient. And I, you know, thank thank goodness for um, for working like behind cameras where you could, you know, turn off your camera. Thank God to COVID and (laughs) take your break, and you're not in your office. You're like, okay you know, and you could, you could readjust yourself and go into the next meeting. Um, so that's, that's good. That makes everything a little bit, a little bit easier, but yeah, collaboration is, is hard when you're like superwoman or Superman. What about you? you you think you're superwoman?
0: No, I try not to be because that's just too much pressure. Mm -hmm. So I try, I love group projects. I love to pull on the strengths of my peers. And I think, um, For me, my husband hates the fact that I like group projects so much because I also will make cleaning the house a group project. (laughs) You know, everybody needs to come and help me right now. And he just absolutely despises the fact that I try to put everyone else on my schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do just feel like, I mean, my, my honest feeling is teamwork makes the dream work. And if it's my dream to clean up the house or to clean out the basement and get everything out to the, um, you know, the thing, the the landfill, the dumpster thing. You know, really clean out the basement and put, take stuff over to the garbage, the main landfill thing. Um, and he's like, well, who said, who sign me up for this? No, thank <laughs> you. And I'm like, you're part of the team, mm-hmm. my friend.
1: <laughs> yes. We're a team. Everyone contributes.
0: We are a team. So I absolutely love team projects. That to me helps me feel like not an imposter because there are some things that I'm going to be able to do on that team project that are better than what other people can do. And there are certainly things that other people are going to do better than I am. So I just feel like I love team projects. It makes so much sense to me, unless I'm with a bunch of deadbeat imposters.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I do enjoy in working in a team and learning people's, um, you know, abilities, like being mm-hmm. surprised, like, oh, they're good at this. Oh, they're good at that. So um, I think, like, if you're on different teams, sometimes it could be hard. But, like, if you get to know the people and their strengths and you, you know what someone's going to be good at, then, then it flows a little bit better. I guess that's the efficiency part. Like I need to know what you're good at so that exactly. I can just give you that task.
0: <laughs> exactly. I completely agree with that. But it, getting back to our, um, uh, the topic of imposter syndrome, I do want to try to help people overcome it. And one of the first steps to overcoming imposter feelings is to acknowledge the thoughts and then put them into perspective. You know, if you have um, a degree in marketing and you guys are talking about marketing, then you do have something to offer, Mm -hmm. period. You have four years and many classes and many exams and many papers that you wrote. You do know about this topic unless you completely skated through. But chances are that didn't happen. (laughs) If you went to any type of credible school, you know, you had to earn your degree and you've earned it. So just put into perspective, like I do belong here. I do have something to offer. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you just like talk yourself off the ledge a little bit yep. and say, I got the job. I belong here. And maybe look at your skills yourself, right? Assess yourself and say, what, what do I bring to the table? Be really honest with yourself about what do I bring to the table where what areas can I use help in? And then if you do feel that you need help in some areas, seek mentors, seek help so that you can you can grow professionally in the areas that you yourself feel that you need some help.
0: That's really good. That's one of the tips that's in this article that I was reading. So seeking out your mentors mm-hmm. and finding out what you are good at, what they what they think your strengths are, and finding how you can improve. But, you know, having that to be constructive and not just you kind of in a corner worrying that you don't do anything right. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to someone who has the ability to evaluate your performance and the ability to tell you how to do it better or to tell you what you are doing really well. Because that's that's very helpful to hear it from someone else that, you know, you are great in presenting. We love when you can speak to whatever. That's really good. It's a self-confidence booster and it will help you to just kind of, again, feel like you're not a fraud, Mm -hmm. feel like you do deserve to be there, to be part of something.
1: Yep. And seek a mentor that's going to give you real feedback, not someone that is just like, yeah, you're great. Yeah, you're great. This is wonderful. Like you really need to get some feedback that's actionable, that is going to help you make progress. Because everyone has areas that they need to make progress in.
0: You can get that from a trusted mentor or your friends, Mm -hmm. a good friend, not your yes friends that are going to just kind of coddle you, but your good friends that will say, well, you know what
1: you could do? Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) You know, I could be better. Yeah. (laughs) Honest feedback.
0: Honest feedback. And then, you know, if you're experiencing doubt, again, just take a a step back, think about the perspective. And it's okay to experience doubt, but don't let it overcome you. Don't let it consume you. Mm -hmm. Just think about, well, maybe I'm not the best at this, but maybe I really am contributing something that no one else can bring. Or just try to deal with the, the doubt which can be hard. I mean, life is hard.
1: Mm -hmm. It's definitely super, super hard, but yeah, talk, you know, try to deal with that doubt. Um, And I think that it, for me, at least like it, when I felt it, it has gone away, you know, like I felt more comfortable, you make more friends in a workplace, you start to um, just kind of, you know, understand the workflow and then it just becomes routine and then you're doing a great job. So I think, one key that I would give is like, talk to, talk to yourself and say, this is, this is temporary. I'm going to get through this feeling. This is just the feeling of uncomfortableness when something is new. Um, And then hopefully it happens again and you get a promotion and you're in another job. And then, you have that imposter syndrome again but then you start to you know feel that you're that you're good at it and it's just a i guess if you're an overachiever or a high achiever you're going to feel that numerous times in your career because you're going to be in new situations and you're going to keep challenging yourself. If you're a yeah. person that you know you're in the same job for 20 years that's okay too but you probably shouldn't feel imposter syndrome after a certain after a certain time. Although Organizations change and processes change and things change and it makes you feel uneasy again.
0: It does. But one of the things that I've read in a separate article is about, you know, people making you feel like you're an imposter. So it's not really your Mm self-doubt. It's people giving you little comments, little side comments that make you start to think um, that they don't have confidence in you. And that you also have to overcome. So that said, um, the article said that that happens a lot for women, especially, Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, you'll get a side comment from maybe a more powerful man in it, like, oh, you do that great for a woman or, you know, just have some sort of weird off the cuff kind of comment where you start to doubt yourself, but it's not really you. You do deserve a seat at the table, but this person is making you feel like you don't. And you've really got to be careful of that as well, because that exists, obviously, where people will say things to you because of your sex, because of your race, because of your hair, because of some sort of handicap you may have, any number of things, you do have to watch out for not letting someone get under your skin and making you doubt
1: yourself. Yes. And it makes me think, too, of places where like maybe just the culture is toxic and really yeah. like is that the work environment that you want? A place where you do belong, you have the credentials, um, but they're always making you feel less than and you don't necessarily feel that you um, that your career is progressing. You don't feel valued. So I think it's also a moment to evaluate, you know, is this the culture that I want or is, is this within me? Or is this outside influence making me feel so vulnerable and uneasy all the time? And then do I really want to work here? Um, Because it might just not be a a good fit.
0: I fully agree. So when you feel that, you may want to reevaluate where you are and maybe you want to change positions or change companies completely to someone, to something where you do feel like you can value yourself more because they value you more.
1: Mm -hmm. Now
0: we don't want to say that you can only value yourself at a place where someone else values you because your self-worth has to come from within. Right. Having said that, if there's always someone trying to belittle you or make you feel bad, then like you said, you may want to change, find a different culture, find a different place.
1: Yep, and um, your comment about uh, how we treat women and treat them as imposters made me think of a situation where I was very judgmental about a woman that had become my manager, and I um, this was years ago, and you know now we're very good friends, but at the moment I remember having a conversation with the team because she was new and just being a little bit critical of some of the things that had happened, and I I made a comment to one of my um, staff, and I said. I had to evaluate myself because I, I wonder if I'm having some issues or I'm judging her because she's a woman. If I'm mm-hmm. judging her differently because it's a woman, would I have the same thoughts, the same judgment, the same criticism, or maybe you know the same out, outspokenness if it was a man? So I think that we need to do that for each other because we, we need to give grace to are other women that are in these positions and we know how they felt. So instead instead of being critical, you know, let's, let's support each other. Let's support one another.
0: Fully agreed. Um, <clears throat> and again, it does go back to like how you feel within. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you don't belong, you just might want to think about, well, how did I get here?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how I got here is I earned this degree. I earned then I earned this MBA, then I earned this professional certification. Yeah. And now I'm here. And just like, and a lot of times you'll find that if you look at your individual accomplishments, you stack up higher than many of the other people that are your peers. Mm-hmm. Especially black women, because we are the most educated people in the United States. Yes. And and yet we feel like we have to fight and prove that we belong there more than anybody else. So it's an interesting paradigm that we find ourselves in. But again, you just have to kind of step back, look at the overall picture. You belong. Mm -hmm. You have the education, you have the skills, you have the experience, you belong. And if you don't, go somewhere else.
1: Go somewhere else. Exactly. If you don't, well, hopefully this will help some people that have experienced imposter syndrome and give them some strategies and let them know they're not alone, that tons of people experience it. And I think it's probably, I would say it's probably like 99% of people have felt this way at some point in their life. Um, so you're not alone out there and just seek, seek resources and give yourself some credit.
0: So the, the statistic is that 70% of 70. people have felt like this in the workplace. But I would agree, and so the other people that don't feel like this take a, a lesson out of their book. Mm-hmm. They act like and think like and pretend or exude this confidence um, all the time. Act like them. <laughs> fake it till you make it.
1: Yep, fake it till you make it. That's a good. That's a good point to end on. Fake it till you make it. <laughs>
0: So again, we really want to, we hope that you guys learned anything, something, got something from this. Hope that you've enjoyed it. And we really appreciate you listening. We hope that you'll come back and tune in
1: for the next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.